Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. The best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid the podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So come on. Come on to Anchor. Get your podcast started. It's the best way to podcast. It's easy. It's free. Can't be free. Come on over right now. And you get paid to podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me in a diverse community of podcasts already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Grand Hefe, and get ready for another episode of Unpopular Opinion. Hey, how y'all doing today, man? Monday, feeling all good and stuff. Um, today, today, I believe it's going to be a good day, man. Uh, had some pretty good football uh, yesterday, and uh, and on Saturday, f- um, for that matter, you know, uh, <clears throat> had some pretty good college games. Uh, the LSU and Auburn game was really nice. Um. But make sure you before we get started today though, make sure you guys follow me on um on Instagram and Twitter at Grand Hefe G R A N X J E F E. Man, I've been going at it with people all day, um and all and, and, and ever since yesterday on Twitter. That's all I've been doing. Uh, but let's go ahead and kick off the show with the with the Sunday night football game we had last night, uh between the Dallas Cowboys and the uh the New York Giants. The Cowboys won that game twenty to thirteen. In the game where I really didn't think, you know, Dak nor Zeke was really all all of that Im- Im- impressive in the game, uh, to be, you know, totally honest with you. Um, yeah, you know, they, they won the game, but I didn't think, you know, neither one of those guys really did much on offense. Uh, I thought the biggest takeaway from that game was really, you know, the Giants offense, uh, and this was, this was my, this was my thing with taking, uh, Saquon Barkley at, at number two, um, cause I look at it as what, what does he, what does she, what does he, what does he do for you? Honestly, what does he do for your offense? Now that's two games in a row where, uh, yeah, the first week he had a hundred yards and a touchdown, but what is he providing for the offense? You know, he was, he was their leading go getter last night, you know, 11 carries for, for 28 yards. That's really not what you want. That's really not what you want your your number two pick in the draft doing uh against a Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense is not is not that great. Um you know, uh so to to have twenty eight yards against against that defense, that's that's pretty terrible on eleven carries, you know. That's that's about a two yard per carry average. That's 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 that's, that's really not all that great. Um uh, 
He he did add 14 catches for, for, for 80 yards in the passing game, which tells me a lot that they didn't get Odell Beckham involved. I think he only had four catches for about 50-something yards, only on about six or seven targets or, or, um, or so like that. But that tells me all I need to know, you know, you're, that you're not getting Odell Beckham involved in the offense. You know, he did have nine targets for four catches, so the, the, the defense did pretty good. You know, making sure that that he didn't get off. You know, which is the main goal that you you have when you're playing the the, the New York Giants, and that's you know um, stop Odell Beckham and worry about everything else secondary. This this pick, you know, I said it when they first picked him that I did not think Saquon Barkley is as good as what people say he is. You know, every year, man, we have these guys that come through the combine. And Saquon had an amazing year last year in college, but it's college, you know. But we have these guys that come through the combine, and they measurables are off the chart. And Saquon measurables was off the chart. Nobody really expected him to run that fast. At least I didn't. I didn't expect him to run that fast, jump as high as he did. You know, he, he did everything right, which boosted up his stock to be that number two pick. But I said then, the New York Giants have way more way more um responsibilities than just running the football right now you're gonna uh you're gonna need somebody to throw him the football how much longer are you really gonna depend on Eli Manning to get the job done you know uh and they had every quarterback sitting there waiting waiting for him right there at number two you know there was only one quarterback uh that had been taken at that time obviously now it's Baker Mayfield number one to my Cleveland Browns but you had the rest of the, uh, the, the 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 flock there, and you chose not to do that. You chose to go Saquon Barkley, and I said it then. He's not who you think he is. How many wins has has he helped uh, translate that over to? Week two of the season, they still 0-2, especially after the week that Jalen Ramsey had in week one where he was 11 for 111 you know, against one of the best defenses in all the NFL. And what does Saquon Barkley con- con- contribute to that? Now, I know the offensive line is is, is also bad. Uh, they had six sacks last night. It was kind of the same as what Dak Prescott had to go through in week one, you know, playing against the Carolina Panthers, where the offensive line just was, was sucking, you know. Excuse me, Dak Prescott, uh, I believe, went down six times in that week one matchup. And guess what happens? You know, they end up losing the game. Last night, the um, the New York Giants, um, you know, he six sacks by Eli Manning. I mean, I mean, six sacks on Eli Manning, and you know they lose the game. Uh, but this Giants, this Giants offense have to find a way to get stuff going. I didn't particularly. I will say this: I was wrong because I said when when Zeke don't get a hundred yards, they normally lose. He didn't get a hundred yards. They didn't lose. But that Prescott was really unimpressive. He he's nothing more than a game manager. He can make the throws sometimes when needed. Uh, you know, he won't lose you the game by really throwing a lot of interception. He does have a lot of fumbles, you know, uh, and I think that's from holding on to the football, you know, uh, longer than what he should. But um, he, uh, he, he, to me, he's nothing more than a game manager, you know. Uh, everything is behind the line of scrimmage, you know, kind of like what Eli Bennett was doing last night. Like, how many times are you going to throw the throw the ball to Saquon Barkley behind the line of scrimmage, you know? How many times are, are, are you going to do that? And, you know, I kind of 
also credit the offensive coordinator into that, you know, or blame him in, in that too because he's he's not doing anything to get Odell Beckham free. There's no reason why Odell Beckham should have four catches in any game. I don't care what it is. Unless it was four touchdowns, I mean four catches for four touchdowns, there's no reason why he should have anything less than seven receptions in any game. You know, I don't care how many times you try to throw him the ball. Say, you know, I, 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 just, I just pointed it out where uh Saquon where Saquon had 12 13 catches you know Four, 14 catches you know and and Odell Beckham don't even get 14 targets let alone 14 catches he should he he should be double digit targets every single game Odell Beckham that is every single game he should be double digit targets there's no reason why he should fall anything under than double digit targets every single every single uh football game He's your best player. You just gave him uh the eighty-five million dollar contract guaranteed, hundred the hundred plus million, you know, total. Why is he not getting more targets? You know? But yeah, you know, the Cowboys won that division. I mean, won that game last night. I picked the New York Giants to win that division. I'm not completely hopping off that train right now, you know. Uh especially with Philly losing, you know, yesterday. Uh Dallas is one and one. Philly is one and one. And, you know, um, the Redskins now is one and one. So the Giants is 0 and 2. So, you know, it's they're not that far behind in a division that is really up for grabs every single year. Uh, so I'm not going to come off that pick. I do believe that they will get better later on in the season. But I'm not coming off that pick uh, because, to be honest, I really don't trust any of these teams in the NFC East. Uh you know, I know a lot of people was picking the Eagles and Carson Wentz supposed to be coming back next week. They say he's on he's on pace to be back next week. But I'm not sure how he's going to come back after that injury. Uh, he is a quarterback and the rules protect the quarterback. And we're going to um, go to that uh, topic a little bit later on in the game about how how they're protecting these quarterbacks and how absurd it is. But um, this division is still wide open. It's only week two. There's really no need to panic right now. Uh you know, when you're only really one game, one game behind, you know, so, you know, um, I, but the, I think the Giants do have a lot, a lot, you know, to work on their defense is, is, is good. So that's the one thing that doesn't worry me right now. You know, that, 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 that their defense is good. You know, they, they did give up 20 points to the Cowboys last night. Um, but to me, I think when your offense isn't doing anything, it's hard. It's hard to come back out there every single every single series and get stops. You know, you get tired. You know, you do get tired, and you know that that weighs on you a lot. That weighs on you a lot, man. When you know your whenever your your offense cannot get anything going. You know, the Giants was eight of seventeen on third down, which is pretty good. You know, they that's about a little less than half. They they went for it on fourth down twice. They were two and and they got both of those. But, you know, when you're not putting up points where you're not really sustaining many drives, you know, um, that'll do it for you, you know, and then you and then you, you, you don't have that presence of a running game. Uh, I know Ezekiel Elliott didn't really do all of that great uh running the Running the football his himself, he had 17 carries for 78 yards, but that's a 4.6 uh, yards per carry average. You know, he, they they're they're controlling the clock. Something what you know the New York Giants wasn't doing with Saquon Barkley, 11 carries for 28 yards, two and a half yards per per carry average. You know, that's that's not a way to get off the field. You know, I mean to stay on the field and help your defense out. 
but I think they'll get it done. I'm still sticking with my with my NFC East pick uh, because they have the easiest schedule going forward out of all of the teams that's in the NFC East, you know? Uh, so I think they have the best chance of getting in the squeaking in the playoffs, you know, as long as they take care of business against these teams that they supposed to take care of business against with their weak schedule that they have. Uh, moving right along, uh, Vontae Davis, man. Um, you know, this is, this is, this has been a big thing. Uh, you know, a lot of, I'm so lost for words on this because I've never seen this happen before, man, where a guy quits at halftime. He retired at halftime and he released a statement and you know whatever whatever listen i don't care about that statement and if i was his former teammates i wouldn't care about that statement because you know there's one thing to say listen man i just don't got it no more like you know i i think this is going to be my last one you know and i'm going to be done this this is it for me and then there's another thing to quit at halftime you know quit while while there's still a game going on Quit while you're still getting a paycheck, you know? Because my thing is, listen, man, if you wanted to quit, that's fine. Listen, you want to retire when you're done, you're done, right? You know? But you didn't even talk to your teammates. You didn't even let your teammates know, like, what was going on. Quan Alexander, you know, he he said they run out on the field, getting ready to play in the second half, and, you know, somebody tells him that, that Vontae done quit. He done retired. Like who does that? You're a professional athlete. You're getting paid hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to to play a game, and you couldn't have the enough decency to to at least go tell your teammates like, "Hey, I'm 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 I'm, I'm retiring." And not only that, you telling me you couldn't sit on the sideline for thirty more minutes of gameplay? That that's what you're telling me. You're telling me that that. You couldn't just sit on the sideline and wait for the game to be done and then say, hey, guys, I'm retiring. Or, like I said, you could have told them in the locker room at halftime that I'm that, that, that you're going to retire after this game. But at least they know that you're going to be there for them and you can sit on the sideline and, and cheer them on one last game. But, see, I already know what it is. The Buffalo Bills is is is, is an atrocity. They're they're, they're terrible. You know, I hear a lot of people saying that they are new age Browns. You know, uh, even when the Browns was losing, even last year when they was 0-16, the Browns were in a lot of football games. You know, they lost a lot of football games by four points, five points. Even this year, we, you know, uh, we tied a game and then the one game we lost yesterday to the Saints, which we should have won, you know, if a missed field goal, uh, you know, a missed extra point could have probably gave that defense a little hope to, to, to stop them. You know, and we win the game, but excuse me, I'm still kind of under the weather here. Uh, but you know, he he, the Buffalo Bills are so bad this year; they're literally getting the doors blowed off of them. So they're not really even close to you know the the the, the uh, of what the Browns were. The Browns were still competitive in some of those in in, in a lot of those games uh, last year. Uh, the Buffalo Bills is just literally. It's almost like hit or miss with these guys. Like they're literally just it seems like they're giving up on the field, you know? Um but for Vontae Davis to literally quit in the middle of a game, to quit at halftime of a NFL game in which you are getting paid for. And don't tell anybody but what a few 
a few coaches. That lets me know right now. See, that's the coward's way of doing stuff, you know, because he couldn't even face his teammates, you know, long enough to even tell them like, hey, yeah, I just don't have it anymore. But we know why you don't have it anymore. Not to mention you had already got benched, you know, because you gave up a big play. You got cut by the by the Colts, you know. That tends to happen to to guys who think that they are better than what they really are. Vontae Davis had a decent career. But, see, that's what happens when, when you don't think that, oh, man, I should still be playing for this team. I know I should still be doing this at, at, at a high level. Then you get cut. Then you get bent. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, I just don't have it anymore. I knew right then in the middle of the game that, you know, I wanted to quit. No, you knew this a long time ago. Stuff like this just don't happen. Stuff, you... You wanted to quit the game that you love to play. Just don't happen. Just boom. All of a sudden. And yeah, quit right there. No, these thoughts been in your head. These. What if I don't have it no more? I really, you know, I really just don't feel like doing this no more. You know, I just. I just ain't got time. You know, the early practices, the waking up in the morning time, you know, the training, you know, working out, you know, all this other stuff. I just don't got it no more. I just don't feel like doing it anymore. Those thoughts been in your head. It didn't just pop in your head at halftime. <laughs> you played the whole first half, and then at halftime, you just said, you know what? I just ain't got it no more, man. That's that's it for me. Just gonna hang up the cleats. Put on my put on my put on my street clothes and uh <laughs> and, and roll out, bruh. Come on, man. We know those thoughts ain't just pop into your head. It it didn't just happen like you said it did. You've been wanting to do this. Now, I can't confirm that, but I'm no dummy here. You know, I'm not stupid. You didn't just, you didn't, those ideas just didn't stumble upon you. And just all of a sudden, you know, just, just happen. But I do wish Vontae Davis, you know, the, the, the best of luck, you know, whatever he wanted to do from here on out. But man, that was just cowardly to me, you know. That was Cali, and there's certain ways to do stuff, you know, and that that just wasn't the way to do stuff, you know. Like, could it, would it would have hurt him to sit on the sideline for the second half of the game? Would it? Now, would it would it killed him to sit on the sideline for one more half? No, he he knew the Buffalo Bills was trash. He didn't want to be a part of that. And he quit. He quit. He call it retirement all you want. He quit. He flat out quit. That is quitting. You could have did that after the game. You could have retired after the game. He, he and he wouldn't have been the first person to do it. But you just made history, my guy. You retired at halftime because your team, it you, because your team sucked. That's crazy to me, man. Moving right along, though, um, we had a crazy one uh, yesterday uh, down there in in, in in Green Bay between the uh, Minnesota Vikings and the um, and the um, Green Bay Packers. This one was kind of strange to me, and I know a lot of people are gonna are gonna point to the fact that what happened at the end of that game uh, with, with about two minutes left. You know, I, I, I know that's what, what, what people are going to point to. But let's not forget who that rule was invented for. This new quarterback roughing the passer rule where they say, you know, 
that you if you put more than 51% of your body weight onto the quarterback, you know, that's a rough in the uh the uh, the rough in the passer penalty, which I don't know really how they can kind of gauge whether or not you're putting, you know, uh 48 or 51% of your weight on them or not, you know. Uh you know, to to me it, it's kind of crazy to to put that on a human being to say, yeah, 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 that was 47 right there. That wasn't, that wasn't, you know, yeah, that wasn't 51 right there. No, that was 47, you know. No, that was 49% right there. No, how can you gauge that, you know? And to me, you know, they're going to talk about what happened with Kirk Cousins at the end with Clay Matthews, uh, and, you know, but people forget that same call happened earlier in the game with um Aaron Rodgers, they call it the same thing, you know, on uh on uh Kendricks, and it was the same play, and nobody argued it then. I, I didn't see nobody being outraged about it then. But since it happened at the end of the game, as if all the plays in the game don't lead up to you winning or losing the game, only only the the only the the the, the last minutes of of a game count, right? That don't make any sense to me. That makes absolutely no sense to me, you know, and, and, and I hate when people say, well, they shouldn't have made that call at that stage of the game. So we so you're supposed to I guess you're supposed to overlook stuff, I guess, because it's the end of the game. You know, is that happens in basketball all the time where where it's clearly a foul. But most of the time, 99, probably 90 percent of the time, they just let it go because it's the end of the game. And they and, and they say we don't want to be the reason somebody lose the game, the referees, you know, we don't want the refs to determine the game, you know, let the game play out, which is BS. If it's a, if it's a rough in the pass of penalty in the first quarter, then guess what? In the fourth quarter with two seconds left in the game, guess what? It should be, it should be a rough in the pass of penalty and you shouldn't turn a blind eye to it just because it's the end of the game or you shouldn't make a call just because it's the end of the game. That's, that's, that's absurd to me. And this happened because of people wanted to protect the quarterback. This Last year, when the Minnesota Vikings were playing, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone because Anthony Barr, which was a clean tackle, by the way, he tackled him, drove him into the ground as any other football player gets. I don't see nobody else. I don't see the the, the wide receivers getting that uh getting that call for them. I don't see you know the, the running backs getting that call for them. I don't see the tight ends getting that call for them. I don't see the the offensive line and the defensive line getting that call for unnecessary roughness because somebody tackled them too hard. Like, like, are, are we playing football or are we not playing football? Like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm really honestly confused. Are we playing football or are we not playing football? You know, he drove him into the ground. That is BS. I didn't like the call on, on Clay Matthews and I didn't, and I, and I didn't like the call on, on Anthony Barr. I mean, on Kendrick's, you know, if, if you follow me on Twitter, you will know. Right after that happened with Aaron Rodgers and, and 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 I believe it was like the third quarter. Um, I went I went straight to Twitter and I said that is BS. That is not a rough in the passer. How was that a rough in the passer? And it's the same way at the end of the game. How was that a rough in the passer? You got to be fair throughout the game and not just call the game based on you know the 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 scoreboard or the time that's left on the scoreboard. I thought it was BS. And the NFL is seriously going to have to come back and they're going to have to revise this rule because, you know, um, that that is costly, man. <laughs> that is costly. It's costly for both teams because who knows, you know, they probably can get off the field if they don't call that roughing the passer on Kendrick. And then at the end of the game, the game was over with at that point. 
You know the game? And then they say, well, he lifted him up. What do you propose to a guy that's running full speed at somebody? You know, you know, we seen this happen earlier in the game with Mike Daniels, you know, uh, the, the defense alignment for the Green Bay Packers, where he thought Kirk Cousins had threw the ball and he hit him a little bit, but then he let him go. But Kirk Cousins still had the ball and Kirk Cousins got a nice little game. So instead of that being a sack, it was like a four or five yard run for 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 Kirk Cousins. Why? Because the defense, the defenders are so scared to get a rough in the passer penalty because they protect the quarterback so much that they 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 scared to even hit the quarterback now because oh I'm gonna get a penalty. You clearly seen it in that play with Mike Daniels. He 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 basically what football players call it. He thugged them. You know, th- thud is like when we just give him a little boom, a little a little pop, a little a little ah, you know, and then you let him go. That's what Mike Daniels did to Kirk Cousins. And he hit, he thought him and then he let him go. Why? Because he was so scared of getting a rough in the passer penalty. Because, man, listen, the rough in the passer penalties this year has gone completely haywire this year, man. That like like it's 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 getting to a point where where it it sucks to be a defender. It sucks to be a defender. It sucks that you are literally scared, you know, to get a rough in the passer penalty. And it shouldn't be that way because you're playing football. You're playing football. But these new rules, you know, that they want to protect the quarterback. They want to protect the quarterback so much and you can't do anything. Or they want to really protect the offensive, the offensive guys as a whole. You know, uh, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Just like the fact that, uh, when you hit a when you hit a, a wide receiver too hard or a tight end too hard, you know, trying to catch the ball, they say it's unnecessary roughness. I don't really understand what unnecessary roughness mean uh, to a defensive player when they're trying to catch a touchdown on me. How <laughs> how are you defenseless if you're trying to catch a touchdown pass on me? So so I'm supposed to put my job on the line and not hit you uh, just so I can protect you, right? You know, so so what happens? Are you going to feed my family when I lose my job because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do? What happens to Mike Daniels yesterday if the Packers are like, you know what? You should have made that play. You cut. No matter what he's done for them in the past. Because Mike Daniels is a heck of a football player. You know, if you don't know who he I know he probably don't get a lot of pub because he plays on the defensive line. Mike Daniels is 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 year in and year out one of the top football players and all one of the top defensive linemen of all you know, and all of football. But what if the Packers just said right now, because you know there's no loyalty, there's no loyalty in sports. What if they said right then, yeah, you cut. We cut Mike Daniels because as a football player, you're supposed to do your job and hit the quarterback, right? But he didn't hit the quarterback because the NFL comes out with a new new quarterback rule every single year. You know, it, it gets harder and harder for these defenders to sit and play. Like, I, I just don't get it, man. You know, I just don't get it. And that play on, on you know, and, and you heard the post-game interview from, from Clay Matthews. He was confused. He's like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you want me to, like, what do you suggest me do in that situation? And I'm with him. You know, what what do you want me to do, NFL? You know, eventually, y'all might as well just put the quarterback, uh, just just li- literally, honestly, I know people say this as a joke, but, but I'm serious. You might as well put flags on the quarterback because 
it's going to be a point where you're not going to be able to touch them at all. You're not going to be able to touch them at all, man. Like this is this is getting really ridiculous. You know, it started with Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets hit in the pocket, tears his ACL. What do they do the next season? Now you can't hit the quarterback below the waist in the pocket anymore because of Tom Brady, you know, because the only people they care about is, is defenders. You know, that's the only people, that, I mean, the, uh, the, the the offensive guys and the quarterbacks specifically, only people they care about, uh, which was a completely legal hit, by the way, the one on uh, on um, on uh, Tom Brady, completely legal hit, you know. And then Aaron Rodgers get hurt. Completely legal hit again. What did they do this upcoming season? Oh, you cannot drive the quarterback. Only the quarterback, though, right? But you can still do whatever you want to the receivers and everybody else. You cannot drive the quarterback. You cannot put your weight into the quarterback. Come on, man. It's football. It is football. It is football. And they're going to literally have to change these rules. They're going to have to change these rules, man, or else things can get really ugly. There's been 21 so far in two weeks, two weeks of the NFL season. And this week is not even over with yet because we still have a Monday night game between the Seahawks and the Bears tonight. There's been 21 total roughing the passer penalties, 21 in two weeks. And the week ain't even over with yet. That could definitely go up tonight. They're going to have to do something about this, man. You know, it is 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 this is crazy. Uh but moving right along, man. Uh Fitzpatrick, man. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick has really <laughs> has really been in his duffel bag lately. He 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 he's really been outdoing himself. Uh which I said on Twitter after the very first week, you know, um will he get his job at? Jameis Winston, that is. And I said after the first week, I don't think Jameis Winston will be able to get his job back. Uh, and I didn't, you know, people told me on Twitter, oh, that's an overreaction, you know, this and that, you know, uh, you know, we've seen this before with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I said it too. Yeah, we've seen this with Ryan Fitzpatrick before where he, you know, where he uh, have one good game and then the next game he come out and look like, I don't even know who this guy is. Uh, but something real funny real quick. He came to the podium yesterday looking just like Conor McGregor. I mean, they could have passed for twins. The only difference is he didn't have that accent. If he had the accent, that would have sent him over the top for sure. But, you know, uh, I said in the first week, you know, uh, Jameis Winston may not get his job back. These people in Tampa are really, are really tired of Jameis Winston because he acts like an entitled baby. And that's what happens when you... When you when you become, you know, when you're the best player all the time, you know, you know, you people tend to give you passes when you're good. People tend to give you passes, you know, on your behavior. Um, But. He was 21 of 28 for 17, four touchdowns in week one. Right. He follows that up in week two. 27 of 33, 402, four touchdowns and one pick. So he's had eight inter- eight touchdowns to one interception in two weeks. And they're 2-0. and Now, I, the only reason why I say that Fitz is the guy moving forward for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and not Jameis Winston has nothing to do with talent. 
Because talent, we all know Jameis Winston blows the doors off Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick's been in this league long enough. He's been on too many different teams to say that he's better than Jameis Winston. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, it goes back to what I was just saying about Jameis Winston right now. About how when you're good, people put up with your stuff. Well, it's been too much stuff. And now they have a quarterback that's actually performing. Whether or not we think he's actually good or whether or not we think that he can actually sustain it, doesn't matter what we think. Only thing that matters is what he's producing on the field. And I'm sure his receivers are happy. I'm sure Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson are happy, you know, because they're getting the ball. Deshaun Jackson looks like the second coming of what he was back in Philadelphia. Seems like every every week he's catching a bomb. He caught another 75-yard pass from... um. From uh, Fitzpatrick yesterday, he ended the game with four four catches, 129 yards, and that one touchdown. I'm sure he's loving it, you know. Uh, and just the antics of Jameis Winston. Do you know whether or not this is this? If I'm the GM, this is what I'm thinking. If this, if I'm uh, if I'm Dirk Cutter, uh, the offense, the the head coach. This is what I'm thinking. Can we trust Jameis to not get in trouble again? Because we heard in Florida State. You know, and I'm I'm a Florida State fan. And I let me put this on record. I do not think he did what they say he did in at Florida State. I do not think he did that. I do not believe that. I've I got too many people down there, too many sources. You know, I do not think he did that. But there's no there's no denying he did what he did this time. You know, it is is it's been confirmed, you know. Uh but if you dirt cutter do you believe that he's not going to get in trouble again? Because I don't. From 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 what I see, and he tell and he tells me, not me, but he tells me that, hey, I'm gonna listen, I learned my lesson. I'm not gonna do that no more. You know, that was just childish, you know, that was selfish of me. Yes, it was selfish. Yes, it was childish, and you're still doing the same exact thing again, you know, and now you done got yourself suspended. So can I trust you to lead this franchise? You know, it's, you know, when that's the franchise quarterback, your team go as the quarterback goes. We seen what happened yesterday in, in Jacksonville. That team goes as Blake Bortle goes. When Blake Bortle don't do good, it doesn't matter how good the defense, the, the, the defense plays. It does not matter how good defense plays because at the end of the day, it's all about scoring points. So they, this team is going to go as James Winston goes. But if you always suspend it, how can I trust you? How can, how, how can I put my faith? How can I put a hundred million dollars because I'm sure that's what you're going to be looking for when it's time for that contract. How can I put that in you? You know, how can I put that kind of faith that you're going to be here for this team? You know, and James Winston is a high turnover guy. Also, you know, going on the field, he's a high turnover guy. So, and so is Fitz, but Fitz is playing right now. We seen Nick Foles have years where he's terrible, but then we seen that year when he when when he's playing, he he can go twenty seven touchdowns with two interceptions. We seen that Fitz may be having that kind of year. Uh, if I'm if I'm Dirk Cutter, I wouldn't want to change when Jameis Winston get back until Fitz start having a Ryan Fitzpatrick type year. You know. I wouldn't break up this chemistry. It happened the same way with Tony Romo and uh, Dak Prescott, you know, where Tony Romo is a high turnover guy. And when he got hurt, Dak Prescott stepped right in. And regardless of what we think about Dak Prescott, he was a quarterback at the time and they were winning. I didn't think they were winning because of him, but I didn't think, you know, uh, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make them lose either. So what happened when Tony Romo got back, they keep Dak Prescott in the, uh, 
in the in the fold because they don't want to mess up that chemistry. Right now, I think that the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got chemistry right now. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is feeling himself, which clearly he was. You seen how he came to the game? He had on his shades, had on his Cartiers with his with his with his track jacket zip uh unbuttoned, showing showing the taco meat. Had on two chains. He hey he 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 feeling himself right now. And I don't think Jameis Winston is going to be able to get this spot back unless Ryan Fitzpatrick do something to lose it for himself. I think right now it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's job to lose right now. You know, that's what happens when you're when you're not making yourself available, you know, uh, to, to play football. You run that risk of having somebody come in and take over your spot. And that's exactly what happened last night. Moving right along, we're going to go move to some um, to some college football here. Uh, and this pains me to say, uh, because I'm not really a, a big fan of Nick Saban, but Alabama is probably the best team that we have in the country. You know, they, 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 Alabama is, you know, I put on Twitter yesterday, the winner of the, of the national, uh, championship this year, college football playoffs is going to be a team from the SEC. You know, whoever win the SEC championship, because to me, I think Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in college football right now. They they the two teams that is clicking on all cylinders. You know, they 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 the ones that to, to me is is theirs to lose. And even if Alabama lose in the in the SEC championship, or even if Georgia lose in the SEC championship, as long as they keep rolling like this, I can I can honestly see. The loser of the SEC championship game still getting into the college football playoffs. I can still see that. You know, left on on uh, on uh, Georgia's schedule, they got Missouri who's three and zero, but I don't think Missouri is um uh, is um is going to be worth anything. They have Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Their toughest matchup is going to be on October thirteenth when they play LSU. Uh, which I had those this uh LSU wrote down in my notes as well. Could LSU be one of the top teams in 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 uh in all the college football? I don't think LSU is there yet. Yeah, they beat Auburn, but I thought in that game Auburn got Auburn got hosed a little bit with those two late pass interference calls, especially the one that they called on number twenty when uh from Auburn, where that where the wide receiver literally had no way he was going to catch that ball. It was a terrible throw, but hey, we in we. We in a, a day and age now where the only thing people care about is scoring points. You know, scoring points is what they care about because they think that's what's gonna that's what's gonna give give them rates. The wide receiver literally just jumped into the DB and they called pass interference. And they called it because the DB never turned around and looked for the football. But he wasn't instructing anybody. He wasn't he wasn't uh instructing him any way of getting of getting that football. And then the pass interference down the sideline. Both of these guys are hand-checking. Nine times out of ten, if both guys are hand-checking, they always give the pass interference to the defensive guy. I, I just don't understand. Well, I do understand because I just said it because they want more points. But I just don't understand that. Like, I don't understand it. If both of them are fighting for the ball, how can you make a decision that it was this guy, you know, fault? I, I, I just don't understand that. So, LSU, they still have a lot of work to do with their quarterback. I don't think they're there yet. You know, uh, I – T- to me right now, Ohio State will blow the doors off LSU. Alabama will blow the doors off, 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 off LSU. Georgia will blow the doors off LSU. And I'm picking Clemson to, to, to blow the doors off, 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 
LSU. I just don't think they're there yet. And it showed me again, you know, on Saturday. Their quarterback is not ready. I like what I like what Ed Orgeron did though. You know, they 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 came out with a plan that we're gonna let the quarterback let the ball fly. And you know, they they was actually letting him throw the ball. And that actually helps helps the whole team out, you know. Because we're showing that we're not scared and, and, and we got faith in, in, in our quarterback. So you just can't sit in and uh, load the box up. I like that, but I still don't think he's ready yet. I still don't, I've, I've seen a, I've seen three games that he's played and I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think he's that good, but kudos to LSU. They keep finding a way to win. And that's the true definition of a good team. Find a ways to win. They blow out, uh, Miami in, in the first week and then they beat and, and then they beat Auburn, um, the other day. So, you know, LSU, they still not there yet, but I think Alabama, it's between Alabama and Georgia that those are the best teams in, in the country right now. And I don't see how any of that changes uh going forward. I think I think it stays that way. I think, like I said, it's either Alabama, it's either Alabama or is um or is um or is uh Georgia who's gonna win the college football playoffs and I don't see how that happens. You know, um I was going to save this for the end of the show. I just don't really understand, man. Like my, my Seminoles is really stinking up the joint, you know, stinking up the joint with one and two. Uh, we lost to Syracuse, a basketball school, uh, on Saturday. First time they've beaten us since 1966. Um, and it's just absolutely horrible. You know, and I go on Twitter and I follow all the FSU pages, obviously. Uh, and, all I see all the time is these people asking for James Blackman. And I don't understand why. Because what did James Blackman do last year? And it's not like Francois is playing bad. I think DeAndre Francois is probably one of the few bright spots on this whole entire team outside of uh, Dontavious Jackson. You know, Francois is, is doing exactly what what he can do. He can't take a three-step drop because as soon as he takes his third step, somebody is on him. He can't take a five-step drop, definitely, because before he even take the five, somebody is on him. You know, uh, could he make more plays, you know, in certain situations? Yeah, but can't we all? But when you're when you're in constant pressure, when you're getting hit every single time, you I, I would like to see these same people that's calling for black men go out there and try to take some of these hits. Play after play after play after play. You know, and see how they feel and see what they be able to 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 stand in there and, and, and deliver shots down the field. Like these, the, the offensive lineman is literally blocking nobody. And then the offense that target is running. I don't like this Gulf Coast offense for the personnel. I understand, you know, you have an offensive personnel. I mean, you have an offensive strategy that you like to go with and that, you know, that's your go to. We all do. But sometimes I see I see no no adjustments made by Taggart. You know, in three games, we haven't scored double digits yet. So obviously, I don't think that's on a quarterback, because even Taggart said it himself. If he thought that it was DeAndre Francois, he would have already made the change. It's the offensive line that he, that Francois ain't, ain't he, he's not getting any protection. The offensive line have came on and said that they feel bad for him because they letting him down. So Francois is not the problem. So to me, Tiger hasn't made any adjustments. How about try to help, you know, all of the guys out? You know, I'm I'm not saying completely abandon your Gulf Coast offense because that's what you like to run, but sometimes you need to make an adjustment. Sometimes in-game adjustments are, are what separates, you know, the good coaches or average coaches from great coaches, being able to make those in-game adjustments, you know, 
And I don't see Taggart and his staff making any in-game adjustments. At one point in that game, to start off the game, we was 0 for 9 on, on third down conversions. You know? 0 for 9 on third down. That is terrible. 0 for 9 on third down. We didn't score our first touchdown. We scored our first touchdown against an FBS opponent all year with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Third game of the year, that's our first time scoring against an FBS opponent all year. Something has got to change, man. Something has got to give because the stuff that's that's that, that that's going on, it's not working right now, you know, and we have to do better. There, there's no reason why at Florida State we're scoring one, one touchdown, our very first touchdown in the third game of the season with six minutes left. You know, that, there's no reason why we should be scoring our first touchdown against the FBS opponent. There, there's just no reason why. And then they got us as a double-digit favorite against uh, Northern Illinois next week. How? When we haven't even scored double-digit points all year. We have not scored double-digit points all year. But now, all of a sudden, we're going to be double-digit. Well, we scored double digits against, against Sanford. Sorry. That's the only game that we scored double digits against. But how are we going to be a double-digit favorite against Northern Illinois? We've only done it once this year. We only scored double digits once this year and got beat, blasted the uh, the other two games. I I just don't understand. Something has got to give with this team, and I just don't know what it is. But, guys, that's going to be it for today. Uh, I'm going to have a special guest on the show tomorrow. Remember I told you guys a few weeks back when I was going to switch to Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that I was going to have Tuesdays and Thursdays as my days to have uh, a, a special guest on. We're going to have a guest on, on um, tomorrow. We're going to talk mo- the Monday night game tonight. Uh, well, the recap from the Monday night game tonight. And we're also going to recap. Um, we're going to recap um, or preview college football week three. Um, you know, all the biggest games that, that, that we got coming up. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating. Uh, make sure you guys also follow me on the RTF production page, uh, the RTF Sports Live that we do on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays at 7.45 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard, uh, Mountain Standard Time. Uh, make sure you also um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Grand Hefe, G-R-A-N-X-J-E-F-E. And um, I will see you guys uh, on Tuesday on RTF Sports. See you guys on uh, tomorrow also on the Unpopular Opinion Podcast. I thank you guys for all the support. See you guys. Oh, my God.